verse of 17, excuse me, verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That, that phrase, firstborn, and in verse 15 as well, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That is something that has, has always um, bothered me in understanding firstborn and, and, and why that was applied to Christ um, because of the emphasis that, that my mind had on, on creation. Um, but it was a blessing to me to see where that was used um, in other places, used of David, um, used by Paul, um, of Christ, and, and the clarification that that firstborn speaks of his, his, um, his position, his rank, and uh, his privileges as, as the order, um, as, as a, a son of the Father. And so that was something I know um, <clears throat> cults have misused that, particularly um, Jehovah Witnesses have gone to uh, first, have gone to Colossians 1 and tried to, to say different things from there and, and uh, having to challenge them. Um, so it was helpful to, 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 to study that out and to see how that fit with the Lord Jesus Christ and how it was wrongly used by the cults. So maybe God is blessed. Um, maybe something in God's word has been a blessing to you. You'd like to, to share that in testimony or maybe just something God is doing in your life that is a blessing you want to share uh, tonight. I'm going to give you that opportunity um, to do that. So go ahead, raise your hand, and we'll get a mic to you and hear how God has worked in your, in your life. <coughs> One of the things I didn't get to today while we're waiting on testimony is in verse 19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Um, a significant and powerful verse of how in Christ it refutes any thought of using the, the firstborn title in a wrong way. Because it says in him all the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. It's no question of the deity of Christ. Um, in the mind of scripture and so um, he is not partially God he is not partially man and partially God as Brian has spoken um, so rightly in in um, Sunday school 100% God 100% man the fullness of God dwelt fully in him all the way and uh, it's no question of who he is so it, it is significant that for our salvation, he had to be 100% man to represent us and to die. He had to be 100% God to qualify to be the payment for our sin. And so he is the unique one. Um, and also, speaking of, of unique, that, that term, uh, I think we get it from, um, excuse me, we get it from, Acts 26, I think we looked at. Um, no, I'm sorry. In John chapter 1, we get it. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, 
full of grace and truth. The only son. And the Greek word monogenes, uh, one of a kind. He's the unique son of God, the one of a kind son of God. That also is something because of the influence of the King James Version is always tripped, I've always tripped over. Um, but uh, it's, it's, the Greek clarifies it and the ESV kind of cleans it up a bit, not having that odd translation of begotten um, because uh, you had to think of what, what, what do they mean or what, what was meant by the English word begotten. It was a, it was a poor translation actually. Um, also, it's very common in the John 3.16 uh, translation as well, but he is the only, uh, he is the unique, one-of-a-kind son of God the Father. All right, we have some testimonies going on. Um, did I see anybody with the mic already? All right, Sister Ruby, you want to start us off? Yes, give it on to God who's first in my life. I just want to mention this morning when you were talking about being transformed and coming down 35th Street with dominions of darkness. <laughs> I was, I was thinking about that too when I be seeing those people, you know, on TV with the police be fighting with and stuff. I was thinking that they was acting like they had demons in them, but I didn't want to say that, you know, I would never say that out loud. So I was glad to learn that this morning. Then also, I, I want y'all to pray for my uh, granddaughter, Layla. Uh, you know, I miss having her with me and her coming, her parents separated. I don't know what to pray uh, that her mother gets saved. I don't know, both of them get saved, but. Uh, Layla, uh, she always want to come over to my house. And so one morning, early morning, like 6, she called me and said, which way was to my house? And she said, didn't you say across the park? And I said, yeah. And then I was still sleeping, so she said, uh, well, I'm coming over there to my friend's house, and she lives near you. And then I'm like, okay. So she hung up. I laid on back down. Then she, then she called me back again. She said, did you know they had a Washington Park library? I jumped up out that bed and put on my gym shoes. I put the leash on my dog, and I just started going to the park. And I was just going like, I didn't know what to pray. I was just saying, Lord, Lord. Then I said, Layla. Then I said, Lord, Lord. Then I said, Layla. I was so glad I found that girl. I didn't know what to do. Her daddy was so mad. They was all still asleep. They didn't know she was gone or nothing. Oh she had goodness. her cell phone, her suitcase, her clothes, and toothbrush, and a bologna sandwich. How old is she? <laughs> She's eight, Layla's eight, and she carried them out. She said, all those people just looking at me, and I just waved at them and said hi. Because they probably was thinking, should they call 911? You know, a little kid like that walking early in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was so scared. But y'all just pray for her safety. And they had let her came back. It's been two weeks now. They hadn't let her came back over. So not only that I'm not seeing her now, you know, and her not coming to church, they won't let me see her either. I guess she's on punishment. I don't think it's mm -hmm. nothing to do with me. Yeah. But y'all just pray for that situation. That is a sad situation. It's not your fault, but somehow she sees reason to, to leave where she's going and go to a place where she knows she's going to be good at. Praise God for his protection. You wonder how many times that's happening, you know, in our city. And it doesn't always end up that way. But praise God for that. That's, that's a scary, that's a scary thing. Who's next for testimony? All right. Uh, I just want to thank the Lord for our songs today that they just fit so well with what you preach, Pastor. And um, I don't even, the choir one, I don't know if it was specially chosen for um, Christ, Christ preeminence, but it just fit so perfectly. And it music just does such a powerful 
work in our hearts and minds. And it just was encouragement to me. And um, I wanted Aunt Mickey to feel encouraged and blessed by the choir because it is such an impact in my own life, and I'm in it. And so I'm so thankful. And this morning, Brian had said to me, oh, are we singing My Help? And I was like, no. Well, it's because that's why I was singing this morning while I was getting ready, oh. who I was listening to on the YouTube. And so these songs, they just stick with us, and it's easy to think of it as Aunt Mickey's song or a person's song, but you take it home and you listen to it and you sing it yourself, it becomes a song that God gave to you. And um, I think that we don't realize the impact that music can have with mm -hmm. the preaching of God's word, and so mm -hmm. I thank God for that. You know, it's a blessing being part of the music ministry. You speak of I, my help. I've been playing that song all this week. <laughs> So, and, and so when you, when you have to practice and prepare and learn and, and work with songs, it does what God intends for them to do, and that is to provide a pool, a resource of, for meditation and, and thinking and uh, focusing our thoughts on, on the Lord Jesus. So praise God for that. It is not just for the hearers, but the, uh, the uh, messengers as well are ministered by God's word through music. All right, who's next with our testimony time? Um, I have a testimony. My testimony um, is special because uh, at the age of eight, I had got so closer and a part of God's family because, um, well, I had asked a uh, pastor, could I, um, could I get baptized? Yeah, could I get baptized? And um, on the 4th of July, I had got scared uh, because it looked like it was going to flood outside. So I kept on saying, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Because when I went to, um, I had started going to summer school where we learned more about Jesus. And they had taught us that we shouldn't be as um, scared of what Jesus does. So I so once we got to Mario's house, I had start. Everybody was just watching the rain, so I had got on that couch and I had start. I broke down praying, um, and then that's when everybody had start coming in, and um, we all just started praying. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God for Riley. I had a conversation with her about baptism. We talked about how. I would like to wait a little longer for, for those um, young, young children who want to be baptized. I want to see their testimony lived out a little bit and, uh, before we as a, as a church baptized. But I, was, I, I did question her and asked her about salvation. And, and she very, uh, not just knowledgeable, but just from talking to her, had a personal um, experience. And that's what I'm looking for, to see that not just that you can answer questions, that's important that you know the truth and be able to answer questions, but also that you have lived that out and have given others the time to, uh, to see your walking and living testimony. So it's a joy to hear how when you're afraid, you went to pray to God. And, and that's something that, that uh, we do as adults too. I know I do. <clears throat> Whenever I'm afraid, um, I come and, and I, I, I lean on the Lord. And so um, that fear is just something that um, um, my faith battles up against, and I have to um, exercise my faith when I am um, tempted to, to fear. In other words, I'm tempted to look and lean more in my fear than I am 
in my faith in God. And so uh, that's a challenge. Whether you are young or old, that's, that's a challenge. I think the, um, the things that bring fear sometimes just change as you get older. Um, but we still have to deal with fear. Praise God, Riley. It's good to hear you. Check on some things I've been uh, watching. I watched a couple of movies last couple of weeks. I called myself watching some Christian themed movies. Like on, on Sunday evenings at the church, the first one I watched was called uh, A Case for Christ. And it's supposed, both of them are supposed to be a true story. Okay, the, the Case for Christ is about an atheist. Christ that got saved and he wanted to prove to his wife that Jesus wasn't real. So all the proof he got turned to the conclusion he, he couldn't have, it, it, he finally found out or finally admitted that everything that he saw, every, every piece of evidence that he found pointed to Christ. So he became saved, became a, pe- a, a preacher. I watched another one last week. I thought it was a nice Christian movie called Come Sunday. It's about a, a pastor. His name is uh, Carlton Pearson, another true story. He was preaching. I'll, I'll tell you how, kind of like the background of the story. Uh, he was a preacher. He started preaching the gospel. His, one of his favorite uncles died. Losing, he said the, the, he heard a voice from God tell him that all, first of all, that there was no hell. And he's preaching this. So I guess he called or something, inclusion. But anyway, he's, he's preaching that Jesus Christ died for everyone. Changed his whole philosophy. You know, he pointed me to how the truth is being taught here. And, and one, uh, one first movie I said, well, okay, this guy here believes in Jesus. He's come to believe in Jesus. Now, this guy supposed to be a pastor, believing in Jesus. Now he's teaching something else. Mm-hmm. It shows you how, how the, word of, the word of God tells us to, to beware of, first of all, false prophets, to study the word. You know, and stuff like you know everything like that. But just it's just you know just amazing how the truth can be twisted. How crafty you talk about Satan? How crafty the, the spiritual? How Satan is? Mm-hmm. You know. So you know it, it was just preacher, so-called preacher, been to theology school and everything else. Had a big congregation, big following. To come to, to the conclusion that you thought you heard somebody. I heard the word of God telling me that, mm-hmm. that first of all, there was no hell. Jesus died for everyone. How many people are just led astray? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's just amazing how 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 crafty, like I said, how crafty Satan is. You know, take the truth. So prominent um, everywhere, the false teaching. And the thing to fight against that is is just studying God's word. We're going through the catechism on on Sunday school, and that is so it gets you so grounded in truth. Um, so I praise God for that. It it is. Um, it's so essential and so important to know um, the foundation for God's truth and God's word. And then going through what we went through this morning in Colossians, um, as I mentioned, uh, looking at different beliefs and, and cults, um, we, the major difference is, is, is the understanding and the teaching of Jesus, who Jesus is. And when you understand what Scripture says about him and you embrace Christ of the gospel, the Bible, um, you can easily, more easily see where uh, someone errs from the truth. And so I think it's important for us to to just stay in God's word and to understand it, embrace it, and to teach it and to live it out in our own lives. Who else has a testimony tonight? All right. Did you get them? Uh, um, mine is a little bit long, too, like Charles. I'm sorry. But this week I was a re- I'm reading some history books, some really good books about American history with my grandsons, um, who are t- 10 and 
one of the words that came up in it, it was discussing uh, the American Revolution and, and the <coughs> Patriots, and of course this week was a particularly good week to be talking about that, but about the American Patriots, and it was talking about how they persevered. And the boys didn't understand what perseverance was. So I said, well, let's look in the Bible and see what it says there. And so I went to James 1, first chapter of James, and it talks about trials and perseverance, but they changed the word. It's not perseverance anymore, it's steadfast in the ESV. And I was really disappointed because steadfast to me, you're standing firm, but it's not a, an action, a movement type word, where perseverance is more of a, a movement word. And so I was trying to explain that to the boys, and then I was giving Michael a hard time and saying that I like the NIV version better because it was persevering and not steadfast. And so we were having a little bit of a, a word discussion there. But I also went to Ephesians 6. It talks about standing firm in the Lord, but it ends up by persevering. So I said, I really do feel that for perseverance, it is so hard, and I pray, like Andy said, pray for our children, and I pray for our grandchildren, because they're growing up in a generation that does not believe, not only not believe in God, they're ignorant of God, and they're being taught that our country that was founded under God is a bad country, that we're bad, that we're evil, do evil things, and, and granted, the United States is not perfect, and no country ever will be, but they're being brought up with this, and then we'd we have our children, thankfully, my grandchildren are in Christian schools, being homeschooled, being taught the word of God, but they are gonna come into contact with a very, very evil world out there. And I pray for them because I think it's harder than it was for my children even. And it was difficult then, but for our grandchildren and the children in this church, and I listened to little Riley and I know Naomi is growing up in God's word and it's going to be a real battle. They have a battle ahead of them. We have a battle, we need to fight it as much as we can to keep the freedom of religion, to be able to keep our freedoms to be able to worship where we want to worship. And, you know, okay, you don't agree with my interpretation of God, but I wanna be able to worship where I believe God is being taught. And I can invite people here, and I don't want anyone telling me that we can't teach it anymore, or that we have to change what pastor's teaching, is to be able to have that freedom. And it seems like there's so little I could do to fight, but I do, and I pray, and I pray, and I pray particularly for our children and our grandchildren, and I just ask that we continue to pray for them, because it is an evil world, like Ruby was talking about. There's, there's a lot of evil. There are demons out there in the world. There's, they're under the power of Satan, and so much is happening and it's happening so fast and it can be frightful and I I do pray what I'm <laughs> fearful too because that's all I could do but I really pray for our children and our grandchildren and I ask that you all continue to do that that they do, do grow up strong in God's word and that that they will be able to fight the battle when it comes to them let me look at first, uh, excuse me, Colossians chapter one, a part I didn't get to today, but it does in, in fact speak to the perseverance. Colossians 1, 22 and 23. 22 says, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Here it is. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast 
not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. There he's talking about um, the, the faithful endurance of believers, that you are a true believer if you continue steadfast. And so, um, praise God, that that's, that's taught all over God's word. Another, um, <clears throat> to mention another thing, we thank God for our country. We need to understand its history. We need to appreciate God's working in its history. Um, and we need to fight for it. Um, and, and I believe that as, as good citizens, we should do that. Let me say this as well, though, that thank God our gospel is not dependent on this country at all. Now, I've said before, we ought to fight for, we thank God for living in the greatest country in the world. But if it totally goes down, it does not diminish the gospel at all. In fact, in Acts, if you remember, when the believers received persecution, when they were beaten for preaching the word of God, when they were no longer allowed to mention the name of Christ, the gospel exploded. And so my hope is not in this country as much as I enjoy and thank God for it and will continue to fight for it. If I could put on a uniform right now, <laughs> I would. And, and that's how I feel about our country. And yet I realize my hope is not based on this country or system of, of government, even though I enjoy it and appreciate it and want it to continue, is not the basis for the gospel is not the basis for for um, it continuing. It is, however, and this is why we fight for it, it gives us the foundation to continue to propagate the gospel better than we have anywhere else in the world. We can have a jump rope camp here. We can have a boys camp. We can preach God's word. We can invite people in. So we need to take advantage of that. Um, that and we need to fight so that we continue to have that and not hide when those things are being threatened as citizens so uh, I'm, I'm definitely all for that now you won't you won't find a, um, a more uh, a more a person that's more of an advocate for uh, this country and fighting for it than than I am and so um, yeah, we, we need to continue to, to do that but we understand that God is the one who's preserving his purpose and his will in the gospel, and he, he continues to do that. So we can thank him for that. All right, Shell, you have a you have a mic, and who's who's next? All right, go here and then here. Go I ahead, Shell. I want to uh, thank the Lord for my job um, at the Joy House, uh, being there, and how we get to discuss the Lord at work. And <clears throat> on Mondays, we usually discuss about everybody talk about their pastors, and it's kind of like a competition with Pastor Harvey and Pastor Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> And then um, Elmbrook Elm and um, New, uh, New Testament Central City is really competition with us. But I just thank the Lord that we get to talk and discuss and we laugh and talk about those things. <clears throat> and then uh, when I take the ladies up for breakfast in the morning, uh, one of the guys that come on Sunday, he was like, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> and I just was looking like, oh, I, he was like, you sing in the choir. You at Sweet Communion Baptist Church. I was like, yeah. And he was like, I really like your church and I'm going <laughs> to keep coming. So I was Amen. like, that's good. I'm glad you're going to keep coming. But the other men and women hear him saying Sweet Communion, and Sweet Communion's name is really known at the Rescue Mission. Somebody always talking about, yeah, Sweet Communion, or 
Quincy saying something or Dale saying something. And I just thank the Lord that I could be at a job like that. And I really, every year, they just sent me an email saying congratulations for being there for a year. And wow. I just thank the Lord that I could be at a job where I could be really happy. Church know that they always talking about y'all. And it was just the testimony when I heard that man say, I'm, I like your church. I'm going to keep coming back. And then I see somebody <laughs> yeah. say, what church, what church is that? And he was like, oh, sweet communion. So it's like they tell other people and then maybe somebody else will want to come. That's so right. I just thank the Lord for that. It seems like that is gone fast. Praise God. Praise God for that. All right, Brian. I just want to um, just want to thank God for what you said about the firstborn from the dead because before this morning I never knew what that meant. So I appreciate you bringing that out because as in the firstborn of creation, I, I kind of knew what that meant. Uh, we've been going through Luke on Thursday nights at uh, Brian and Heidi's house with our, I guess called young family Bible study <laughs> that we've got now. Um, that's changed so much over the years, but. I just praise God for it because, um, I don't know, he's been really been opening my eyes even more. We used to, when we were younger, and um, saying things about how Jesus, the, the world looks at Jesus like a hippie Jesus, especially like in Campus Crusade and some of the different things that we were involved with. They see him as like this fluffy, happy, like peace on earth kind of guy. But getting into the word and going through um, each chapter of Luke, uh, it's just more and more you see how realistic, how real Jesus actually is, and he was when he was on earth, and how he's so different than he's portrayed. He's an instigator, and he's causing problems, and he's going to the authorities, and he's telling them things to their face just to get them angry sometimes. And uh, he's telling people, don't follow me, because it's going to be hard following me. And all these people come up to him and gather around him, and Brian and I kind of joke or, or laugh about it. It's like when he gets the most angry, is when there's people around him, when someone's trying to say, like, praise God, or, or say something just kind of offhanded comment about how good God is or something. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just cool to see the way God's been opening my eyes and in our conversations and things that we have uh, around there. And um, I just praise God for the, the Thursday night Bible study. Um, just because I know as we, we started having kids and started having families, we kind of fell through a time where it was like we had one or two people or one or two, uh, it was a real small group and it's kind of fluctuated and it wasn't like when it was when we were in college and we were, had 20 of us every Wednesday at 9 o'clock p.m. and we were yelling at each other when you were 901 and we were like hardcore, gonna, we're going to save the world for Jesus and like, you know, we were drill sergeant kind of to each other. Uh, that, was, that was important then. It like, helped give us a good foundation. But now as I've kind of taken a step back and getting a little older and have a, a little family, have two boys. I remember back to when I was growing up and uh, on Sunday nights, we didn't have a church service, but we'd always um, get together at my grandparents' house, my mom's side. They lived just down the block. It was eight, nine houses away from where we were, so we always saw them, but on, on Sunday nights, we made it a point to gather just as a family, have a dinner, and just kind of hang out. It wasn't a formal Bible study or anything or something like that, but it was just it was a collection of family members that were important to each other and, and coming together for a reason. And um, as my family started growing up and my sister started moving away and now everyone, all my family members have left Wisconsin. I'm the only one left. I was just thinking about it that this Thursday night Bible study is almost taking the place of that, something that was so important to me when I was growing up. Now my sons, my two, two boys and future ones to come, hopefully, Lord willing, um, they have a group of of cousins, of um, boy cousins, girl cousins, they've got aunts and uncles that are aunts and uncles in Christ, and they have these people that are pouring the word into them, not only just coming together for food and from hearing the word, but 
that want to train them, want to grow them, look, um, looking forward for their future and how they're going to develop and just, and just care so much for them. So um, I hadn't thought about it like that for a while or hadn't thought about that ever until God kind of revealed it to me that, like, this thing that was so important, so pivotal in my life that was, like, you judge a calendar by when we're going to grandma's house or when dinner, what we're going to have for dinner. Now it's every Thursday night. What are we bringing for the potluck? What are we going to have for dinner? And who's going to be there? And it's, you know, it's not, not longer. It's like, why aren't you at a Bible study? Now it's like, well, man, we missed you. We really wish you were around. We know you got other things going on and life is busy, but it's, it's so much more than, um, I don't want to say just a Bible study, but it's so much more than just a Bible study. It's a family. It's, a, um, it's become a, a tradition. It's become something that is, is so uh, important to uh, to me and to my family, and I just praise God for that. Amen. It's called the Fellowship of the Saints, isn't it? And that is critical. That is important. Um, uh, I want to mention a few things as we close. Going to close right now. Um, that tie into that. Uh, one is is uh, my own personal story. I, I asked the church to pray for um, my brother Rodney and 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 and, and his relationship. Um, with uh, with his wife, and we just continue to ask to pray for them. Uh, as you know, Rodney moved from Milwaukee and moved to Iowa. Eventually, moved to Kansas City, where he is now. And it just reminds me of just what you are talking about. Is there is that need for close fellowship, and that that a church needs to provide for us as families. That is to believers the home. It is the hub. It is central, and so um, we need to be providing that as Sweet Communion for our families here and then reaching out to other families as well. And what I want to close on is this. We had visitors today. We had a, a family that was here last week, and then the husband came in. His name is John. Her name is Jennifer, John Jr., and Jerry Alves, the name I was trying to remember when I was praying uh, earlier this service that group of four we want to pray for them thank god for bringing them in they they live north side milwaukee area so um and charmon i know you you knew of them so you were the first contact i think that they had here um you mentioned that they came with the um praise and poetry jam some time ago and now they've come to service so let's pray for them and let's make connection with them i pray I appreciate it. Ask John, did you get to meet people? He said, yeah, I met everybody. <laughs> so, so many people are coming up to him. I appreciate that. that. That's important. The other thing, though, there's a group that was in the back. Remember, anybody remember that? If you sit in the front, you probably didn't see them. But in the back, um, there was actually a van load of people. It had to be, what, eight, nine people at least who came in. Anybody know where they came from or, or anything about them? Cliff? Who did? Jonathan's sister. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Jonathan Holt. Okay. So we we'll, I know they, it seemed like they had to leave early or something. They didn't, they didn't stay around for the full service, but they were there for a major part of it. So praise God for somebody who invited them, and they came, and uh, pray that we'll be able to tie in with them and, and make some contacts. So... Um, let's, let's think about that and remember that as we pray and as we close uh, tonight. Father, we thank you for the fellowship of believers here. We thank you for the opportunity 
um, such as Thursday Bible studies and and uh, other opportunities for ministry. We thank you for Milwaukee Rescue Mission and um, several of our people who ministered there. We thank you for the families that came in and the group that came in today. We pray, Lord, that we'll be able to make connection with them and uh, be able to tie into them and uh, show them uh, what the love and fellowship of Christ looks like, and that you might use that to draw them uh, to Christ and draw them to this church. We pray this now in Jesus' name.